Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of Philippians by looking at Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. In this section, Paul is telling his readers that they should rejoice and look out for those people who would try to rob them of their joy. We all struggle sometimes dealing with people and situations in our lives. People do things that we don't like or are unwanted for a number of reasons. Situations don't always work out the way we anticipated or wanted them to. But in spite of all the unwanted circumstances we experience, there is still reason for much rejoicing. And even when we know that intellectually, we often have a difficult time getting to a place where we want to rejoice. When that happens, we're often focused on ourselves. We have a tendency to focus on what we have the ability to achieve and accomplish on our own. So when things aren't working out, we're frustrated with ourselves, and we don't feel like rejoicing. When people don't appreciate the effort that we've made, we get upset, angry, or even discouraged and really don't feel like rejoicing. All of that is a result of focusing on what I feel like I can accomplish or what I should be acknowledged for accomplishing. But when I focus on my own ability or inability, that distorts God's will. And that keeps us from seeing clearly what God wants us to do for Him, because we've mixed it up with our own feelings and desires and our need for praise and approval. Because we're more interested in getting what we want than doing what God wants us to do to accomplish His will, we find ourselves not feeling very joyful. But when we focus on God and His will and look at all the evidence that it's being accomplished, 
That is reason for rejoicing. And even when others are trying to rob us of that joy, we know that God will overcome and there's nothing to be discouraged about. And even when we understand what God wants us to do, very often we get consumed with physically accomplishing that act that we know that God wants from us. And we fail to learn the thing or experience the thing that God wanted us to as a result. God's commands have never been merely about accomplishing a physical act. Rather, God's desire has always been that the action will have a spiritual effect. In this section, in verses 2 and 3, Paul said, Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Many of the Jewish leaders of Paul's day put great value in having been circumcised, having physically been put through the experience of circumcision, as if the physical act itself was what mattered. But God always intended circumcision to be an act that set people apart for his purposes, that identified them as people willing to do his will. So circumcision was not the destination. It was one of the vehicles that would be used to take Israel to its destination. The circumcision that they experienced physically at eight days old was to have a spiritual impact that would last them throughout their lives. So Paul says those people who mutilated their flesh are not the ones who have actually been circumcised. It is we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh that have actually been circumcised. Paul talks in other places about a circumcision of the heart. If the physical act does not lead to the spiritual effect that God intends, we're just going through the motions. But when we use those actions given to us by God, as a vehicle to transport us to a spiritual reality. We will be shaped and molded into the people that God always wanted us to be, the people he intended from creation that would do his will and radiate his glory in the world. Paul said, if you just want to look at accomplishments, things that have been done, things that get you noticed, look at all the things that he had done. He said he had always gone to church. He knew everything that the Bible said. He knew the language to speak. He was very eager to do what he thought was right. The problem was none of that mattered because as he was doing those things, he saw them as an end unto themselves, and he was doing it for his own purposes, not to fulfill the will of God, even though he had convinced himself that he was. What mattered was that God was looking for a person of faith, not just someone who could perform all the rituals, but someone who saw those rituals for what they were, a vehicle for moving us from where we are to where God intends us to be, not in a physical way, but in a spiritual one. I think in our time, we're very tempted to look at things we accomplish in the flesh, having regular attendance at church knowing more Bible verses than all of our friends, being able to speak fluently the kind of Christian language that shows that we've read our Bible and had discussions about it. We're even often very eager to do the things that we're convinced are right. 
But far too often, we're doing none of these things through a faith in Christ, something that leads us to a greater dependence on Him as we follow Him toward our own resurrection. We see them as things that we accomplish, as badges of honor that we can put up before others and show them that somehow we're better or more righteous than they are. And in the end, feeling as if He owes us something now because we've accomplished so much. God doesn't give us anything because we've earned it. If we were able to keep every single commandment and piece of advice that he's ever given us perfectly, we still wouldn't earn or deserve to be saved. That salvation is a free gift, and it comes to those who have faith in Christ, who is the right thing that God did and is dependent upon our faith in him. Far too often, even when we're talking about salvation, we find it hard to rejoice. That's because we're focused on ourselves and our own ability, and we constantly wonder if we've done enough to earn God's approval. But that ultimately shows that we may not fully understand our salvation, the salvation that God gives us freely. See, salvation is not about me or how well I keep God's commandments. It's all about our willingness to let God accomplish His will through us. See, what Paul teaches us here is that gaining anything that is not a gain for Jesus is a loss for us. Notice Paul's language here. He says, all of the things that I gained on my own because of my own desire and conviction and my own ability and efforts, all of those things are rubbish compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as Lord. It's not very obvious to us in the English, but the word that gets translated rubbish there is actually a colorful word. It would have been a slang word to talk about refuse or human excrement. It's the kind of word that we wouldn't typically say in polite company, but Paul says that's exactly what all of my accomplishments are when they are contrasted with knowing Christ. When I know Christ, when I have put my trust and faith in him, when I am eager to show my love and appreciation to the Son of God for saving me, I will do things like regularly attending church, knowing what Scripture says and being eager to soak it all in. Now, I'll know all the different words and their meanings and be able to discuss theological concepts with people. I will be eager to do what's right, but I won't be doing it for myself. I won't be trying to gain or earn anything. I will be doing it to make sure that I am open to letting God accomplish His will in my life. I won't be frustrated or angry or depressed because I'm not getting my way. I will rejoice because Jesus is living my life for me. And it seems to Paul that understanding this is the very essence of faith. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.